Well, welcome to Montana Voices Podcast, episode uh, 46, 45. I, I'm not sure, but... You have 44 written on the document here. No, you have 44 written on one of the pages here, and then it's titled 45. Uh, it's probably 45. They're copy and pasted from the last <laughs> document. So, um, since uh, we are doing this without Bryce, this is the... Uh, actually, no, we've done. I've done a cast without Bryce before in the past, Uh it was hotel cast, I think, long, long time ago. But since Bryce isn't here, I will run us through our business here real quick. Of course, our main website, where you're likely listening to this, and it's also where we're pulling the feed if you're listening to it on your podcasting app of choice, Montana Voices Podcast, wherever fine podcasts are sold, including iTunes, everything but Spotify. Everything but Spotify. I was just going to make a comment about that. Yes. <laughs> you talk about, you can pull it from whatever podcast you want, as long as it's not Spotify. By design, we could be on Spotify. If we, it's an application process, and I, I took about thirty seconds to look at it and decided, no, that's uh, this is not for us. They're, they're trying to ruin podcasting, in my opinion. But we, of course, oh, have a Twitter. You're just upset because you're just upset because you didn't get the Joe Rogan deal. That's all. Oh, geez. Well, I don't know if there was a Joe Rogan deal. I don't know if I can turn that down. But right. I mean. Sorry, I, I, you know, you and I were talking beforehand about getting completely derailed, and here I am monkey wrenching you right now. I'm so sorry. Yeah, here I am on a high horse saying we're all virtuous and everything's open source and we're doing this for the people, but you know, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what if they offered you, what if they offered to pay you in Bitcoin or Ethereum? Oh, even better. Bitcoin, where you. <laughs> Over the all-time high, 20 grand. We're back down to 18, so if you're looking to buy it, now's the time to buy. Mark my words, I think we'll be seeing 30K before the year's end. So uh, <laughs> You're probably not wrong. I wish you were wrong, but I think you're right. I honestly do. Uh, in another side chat, I mean, you were discussing earlier in the day how there was a time back in 2012 where I just gave away a Bitcoin to a friend to try to pique his interest in Bitcoin. I gave away an entire Bitcoin, and at that time, the market, uh, we had a really big bull run up to 100, and then it went back down to 15. It really crashed, but, and if I had held on to that coin, I could sell it for about $18,000 today. But you know what? I, I, I've got an interesting story on that one, but do you want to, do we want to do introductions really quick? Let's do that. Let me uh, finish the business here. Twitter is at Montana underscore voices. Our Facebook is at Montana Voices Podcast. YouTube is Montana Voices Podcast, where we have the finest random B-roll that I shoot. And introductions. I, of course, am Jimmy, and I am on. We brought him back uh, by popular demand, by request. People requested you, Chris. Wow. How high was the volt total? What Was it more than single digits? Uh, it was several. It was several. We, we got some <laughs> tweets. I got some text messages about this, like on you my text phone. Mess- I, I'll accept that. I'll accept votes in SMS. That's great. I like it. Yeah. So we are back with Chris from Full Mana Gaming. I'll give you a chance here to plug your channel. Mana Online, actually. We, Mana yeah, on- correction. It. Yeah. On YouTube, it's uh, Full Mana Gaming, uh, but officially it's been rebranded to Mana Online. So you'll find me at twitch.tv slash Mana Online. Um, or at tw- on Twitter. Yes, I am on Twitter. It is as much of a cesspool as everybody thinks that it is. But, you know, uh, I'm one of those up, people Chris. that likes to watch a train wreck live. Uh, you can find me there at Mana Online underscore. You have yet to be banned from Twitter. So congrats on that. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Come on, man. It's 2020. It's 2020, man. The great banning is coming. Okay. Great ba- have, you, have you heard of Parlor? Oh, man. Parlor. <laughs> uh, yes, I have heard of Parlor. I am so conflicted on Parlor. So, like, 
okay, so it, it's the big it, it's the big place where a lot of people are going in social media, right? You you get I wouldn't say a lot. You get booted off several probably. Well, okay. But. Well, there's there's a lot of prominent figures that that um are were either booted from Facebook or Twitter or have reduced uh, impressions on those platforms. And they've gone over to Parler. It's uh it's got a lot of financial backing. You got big stars like Dan Bongino sponsoring it. Um but I've also seen a lot of people or a lot of people in the coding world and security world who say that Parler is Parler's code is an absolute mess right now. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. I've looked at Parler. I haven't made the jump yet. I'm I'm still kind of on the fence about it. A jump yet? I just, so it's it's coming. It's I, I'm very interested to see where social media is going to go in 2021. Um, I, however, the election plays out here, uh, you know, right now we're in, what is it? Robert, Robert Barnes said it was, we're an act two of the play right now. Well, so we'll see where things go with, uh, we'll see where things go with social media and such. If we have a new administration in 2021. Well, well, who knows? Maybe we'll do the, uh, American thing where we, um, somehow we attract monopolies here in this country and then we, uh, decide to regulate them like our, uh, Montana power. See how that worked out. So, Let's uh let's dive into the business here, yeah. or not the business, yeah, our list, our list. Uh, I had a few notes here about something we discussed on the last cast. Uh, I didn't have yeah. extensive notes on what it was. I didn't go back to review it, but we have the aquatic park and the election not being over, which are uh, probably even yeah, more relevant than our current topics. So they they well in a lot of ways they are. So I mean, like uh, recording today, uh, we're recording at ten oh four p.m. On Friday the 11th right now, and just a few hours ago, the Supreme Court uh, turned down tech, the state of Texas's uh, request to file to file a suit against uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, et al. And we joined and, that um, lawsuit, right? Montana did? We Montana Montana did join or did uh, file an amici brief, uh, basically saying that the case – Montana, if I – I didn't look into. I didn't actually read Montana's document, but as it was explained to me, Montana Montana wasn't sure that the case itself had merit, but the but they felt like that Texas should be allowed to at least make its case, and I and I felt that that was fair. All right, we we live in so polarized it, times, so here. <laughs> yeah, mean, and, you, and you, I think you can't uh, you know, question just to, these just things. To dive, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, go sorry. ahead. Oh, I was gonna say just to kind of dive right into it. Um, there's a lot, you know, I've been as a person who streams and kind of lit, I at least exist in the social media circles. Um, I've been watching a lot of reaction to it here. And I think here's the way that I see that a lot of people are thinking that like Trump is getting skunked here. And while a lot of the lawsuits are, are failing, but they're not, the majority of them are not failing on merit. And that I think is the big I think if there's going to be any, if there is going to be any chance, in my personal opinion, of there being a chance for there to be genuine healing, there has somebody or there has to at least be a court that at least hears the merits of the case because they're all getting dis- dismissed for lack of standing, getting dismissed for latches. Um, I when the Texas suit was filed earlier this week, uh, a lot of the legal scholars that are legal scholars, I should say, legal commentators that I followed felt it was roughly like 45, 55 in favor that SCOTUS would not accept the case because of standing. 
And the big thing that I'm, I'm taking away from this is, and, and a lot of the people on the right now are asking, it's like, well, you know, we hear all of these stories about election fraud out there. And I, I would love to get, I personally would love to hear, have some of these people who are making allegations um, and such be put on, they be put on a stand, sworn, put under oath and be allowed to be cross-examined. I feel, I, I feel like if the case can't be made there, then we, then it's, it is extremely fair to say that they've at least been heard. And right now that seems to be the big bugaboo on the right is, is that we're, is that they're feeling like they're not getting heard. Now the Texas case is not the only one that is, that is pending right now. There are actually, uh, or let's hear the Wisconsin Supreme court is actually hearing it is actually I don't know if it's a hearing on the merits or not, but they're going to be holding a hearing tomorrow on uh, on uh, the Republican lawsuit in that area there and or in Wisconsin. And I know that there's a few others kind of crawling through the courts there as well, too. Um, but I think I think the import I, I really I really think that there's something that that the right needs to keep it keep its eye on if we're being if we're being or some sort of self-reflection that needs to be kept that needs to be uh, kept in check here, or at least needs to be realized. Um, it, 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 do you have anything to jump in there before I start soliloquying around there as well? Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, sort of the things uh, coming from the other side, I'm obviously not a Trump mm -hmm. fan. And actually on this cast, I get kind of far to the right because I have to counter Bryce quite a bit. Um, but now if you want, I feel like I can uh, maybe run through my true <laughs> you colors can start here. Drifting back to, you can start drifting back to the, to the left side of the bank there on the river. Yeah, side, Bernie is my only president. I will I will stick with that. <laughs> Bernie can still win. Yeah, there, there's still a chance uh, if our election was honest, uh, at least in the primary, uh, I will say that. Yeah. So it's sort of one Absolutely. thing for me to say that Absolutely. Uh, the primary. Absolutely. Bernie got screwed. Twice. He got he he got he didn't get ocean to oceans eleven. He got robbed at the corner. I'm sorry. And even though a man of great integrity, say what or what you will or will not about his politics, understand he, he uses the term socialism but doesn't actually mean an actual socialism. It's American socialism, which will, of course will be watered down because that's what we do. But put socialism aside, man of integrity. From any tape that you can find from any point in his political career, he has the exact same message and he stuck with it. So in 2016, when he knew he was getting the shaft and he knew it was uh, not fair and he knew that perhaps there was some standing for some legal proceedings, he uh, you know tucked his tail between his legs and endorsed Hillary Clinton and actually went out and mm -hmm. campaigned for him. And even though those Hillary people still blame him for, for – uh, he campaigned hard for Hillary. Um, yeah, he did. And – uh, that wasn't good enough. The 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 audacity to challenge you know Hillary, which I don't understand why people really like her all that much. To be honest, I mean emails aside and Megazi aside, it's just as a candidate she was extremely flawed and with the history there. But apparently, dynasty is the thing we do in America. Look forward to Ivanka twenty twenty. What is it? Eight now or no? No, actually, actually, Laura Trump is apparently is uh, exploring a run for Senate in North Carolina. Oh, oh joy. But <laughs> yeah, no. So the point that I was going to make is, or it was pointed out on, uh, or I think the best take for what happened with Trump is that he got oceans 11 or is, he and, uh, lost the it, election. Um, <laughs> no, no, he, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Got okay, oceans he, 11 or an overwhelming number of people voted, uh, against Trump, which I, well, I think okay. it was against because well, nobody likes Biden. Hear but. me out. 
Go ahead. Okay, being say, saying that he if if it was just a thing about the votes, I would say he got robbed of the corner. What I mean by Ocean's Eleven, and I did not know this a lot of this going in going into the election is that, well, I I kind of knew about it, but I didn't really know the extent of what was going on here. So, for example, in all throughout this year, the uh, enjoy or. One of the big things that happened is is that a lot of the voting rules changed, whether it was through consent decrees uh, from lawsuits being brought by by uh, by the DNC, especially like in Georgia, changed the rules. Then there was the Pennsylvania Senate changed the rules. Many of these places changed the rules, but they did so with the with the consent of the Republican Party, and. Looking back over Trump's four years in office, yes, he was a he he was very much the bull in the china shop, but the Republican establishment was just as happy to get rid of him as they were as as the Democrats were. So it's my personal opinion at a grand level that that the that the national that the Republican Party at the national level did nothing really to help Trump. If not, if they didn't sabotage him, they didn't do anything to outright help him, and he didn't really do a whole lot to help himself. Like over the over the four years of in office, he made a lot of enemies, and a lot of those enemies used the system to split away his allies one at a time, until finally all he had left around him were people that are that are far more interested in just being in Washington than anybody else and then the democrats and and the last point i want to make is is that i feel like the democrats that when they went when they in my opinion gave the nomination to joe biden it was a strategy they gave it to a person who was not going to campaign because one of the big one of the big foils against hillary was trump trump was able to go out there smash and and smash hillary with her record and galvanize the base and everything again, and and uh, exploit the already the the antagonism that was already that was already present against Hillary, with Joe Biden, who was basically campaigning from his basement. There was nobody for Trump to campaign against, and I felt like he had a really hard time, can you know, galvanizing a lot or a lot of people who would otherwise not want to vote for him because. Of his of his very boisterous style and uh, style, if you call it that, uh, I, I would I, call it hand-fistedness in everything. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, like it, it, for me, I was very, I, I was very getting very kind of concerned with the way that Trump was stirring up a lot of animosity because he's got that Queen's attitude. Like everybody gives Trump a lot of sh- a lot of crap for his attitude, without really realizing what it's like to grow up in the boroughs in New York. That's where it comes from, and if you're it basically I when say you were the growing burrows up, for Trump, I mean, it, it was a Europe tower. Queens. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, I, I've heard the story told multiple times. I mean, yeah, okay, right, he was a rich kid, but you still, but he still grew up in Queens, and Queens, in Queens, it, each of the boroughs in New York has its own culture, right? He grew up in the culture of Queens, so everybody and from Queens he, is an asshole. So, right. I mean, that's sort of I, what I'm you're not. Saying. I'm not going to say that. You're putting words in my mouth, good sir. You, you're putting uh, uh, words. You're saying you he has the, the words Queen's personality, and I mean, I, I know other people. Strong, arrogant, boisterous personality. Yes, which does not define now, everybody the, from Queens, in my opinion. 
Okay. Well, okay. Well, let's disagree on that one. Again, I'm going by by what I've heard from people who know him. And although I will I, agree that people that have the audacity to not live in Montana, yeah, all assholes. <laughs> so maybe there's can agree on that. Yeah, I, I think we can agree on that one. And ultim- ultimately, Trump's. Uh, I feel like it. I feel like the way that Trump was running his administration, especially these last few years, would be more typical of a president who's already who's already won re-election who's in his second term and is already on his way out the door right at that point it's just kind of like whatever who cares i mean we t- when you're not running for re-election you know well, what's the worst they can do to you right all right you're, you're going to be gone in january you're going to be gone on january 20th well and i felt like and i felt like he tried to shift he tried to shake up too much of the machine too quickly and the machine just turned the process against him it's always the machine. And then it's the course, same machine we saw it, well, with the, Bernie, in my opinion. But uh, that? just real quick, uh, you know, um, yeah. we'll, we'll steer this back towards Montana here in a second. <laughs> but, sure, sure, uh, sure, sure. Well, leave it to Trump. Uh, that I don't, being not a lawyer, I don't see these cases going anywhere. Uh, I think Biden is our, uh, for better or worse, our next president. Uh, I will congratulate Trump uh, for the last four years on a booming economy that uh, boomed despite covid and is apparently by the numbers still doing awesome. Blows my yeah. mind. Well, it's it's like a K recovery is what it was told. You know, a lot of sectors are doing good, but but many of them, but many others are not. I mean, they're they're kind of holding on, and I, I feel a bust coming up. And if you maybe look at some of the spending habits of people in the top one percent, they aren't. They're saving up for a fire sale, which is uh, coming up, I think. So yeah, uh, yep. the, this Absolutely. bubble will pop, and it will pop in the next administration, and. Uh, I look forward to Democrats being blamed for the economy once again. As is as is tradition. Yes, uh, well, happened with Obama. Uh, Clinton turned it around. Um, the the good Clinton. Oh, I'll note that. But back to Montana. <laughs> you got some news in your neck, yeah. Wood. Something about an aquatic park that's. Uh, you see, oh, we built our first aquatic yeah, it, park okay. in the swamp, and it sank. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I explained it to other people too. So what happened here in uh, Great Falls? It was a big thing here where they got where the where the city of Great Falls got a uh, got a grant from the DoD to foot half that essentially foots half the bill for a new recreation and swim center. About ten million. The right? idea being, yeah. So the idea of the center is is that it's going to be near the base. It's going to be used by airmen to conduct their, you know, their exercise trainings and stuff like that, as well as be a place where citizens of Great Falls or, you know, civilians, I get civilians is the word I was looking for. Civilians can also use it as well. Um, the idea being that this is going to be what ultimately replaces the, 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 uh, the NAT? No. It, it, yeah. It was the natatorium. Was that completely shut it down? It was the NAT. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely shut shut down. So ironically, the net shut down because the because the soils can't hold the building. So what happens is is that the city gets the grant, right? They've already picked out the spot. They've already got architecture plans and everything ready to go. I understand so there was some the money, drama about that as well. What's that? There was some drama about that as well. Yes, right. We'll, there's we'll, we'll go back to trust the me, anything plans. to do with the city is, is it, there's draw. Yeah, we covered that on the last episode, actually. Oh, we, we talked about but, the uh, the beat off or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, yeah. These episodes all run together, uh, but 
uh, sometimes well they're 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 a long conversation is what they are and and i'm completely okay with that and that's exactly why we made the cast to have a long conversation and discover that you know we're not so far apart basically i'd like to believe that absolutely and i do believe that so but getting back to the get back to the uh to the center so the irony is is that the city as soon as they got the money then they conducted soil samples of where they wanted to build huh. and they found that the bedrock is 60 feet below the surface so it literally if they were to build the center it would sink and I'm not allowed to say why I, why I am not surprised by this, but this isn't the first time that something like that has happened here <laughs> in the city, and it's really impacted people. So now, so literally, what would happen is is that if you think if you take it to the uh, scene in Monty Python, or in Monty Python, the Holy Cra- Holy Grail, where they've got the uh, FM guy who wants to just sing in the tower all day. His father comes up and he talks about how the how this castle stood in the stood the swamp, and then it sank. And then you know what we got? We built it up again, and then that one sank too. But by golly, the third one—it stood tall. And I mean, that's literally what we're looking at here: is, is that is that the bedrock and everything is so far down that they would have to completely overhaul the foundation of the building. And so now they're having to look at either relocating where they're going to build, or they're going to have to basically cut it down in size because they need all the money to spend on the foundation. Ooh. That's uh, and both tough I, decisions. I, when I read the whole thing about the soil samples, I'm just thinking to myself, did nobody really think to do a soil sample? I really want to know who's. I, I want to know who's responsible for this. I think that's a question for the city commission, and uh, you know maybe yes. the uh, the concerns that uh, certain individual brought up about uh, his architecture firm, the guy who owns an architecture firm, and a C online newspaper rag at best in great falls um (laughs) who uses said uh newspaper rag or i don't know it's it's not a rag because it's all digital but use that uh, platform tabloid use that to complain about uh the fact that uh, essentially they didn't ask him for to be an architect on the job so so maybe some credence to that uh but that's a question for your city commission i think um they probably uh dropped the ball on that and given that great falls uh, i i know of numerous areas that have had uh, some issues with uh bedrock or the lack thereof and soil settling uh clay yes yeah issues uh, like that the, that so a lot the, of people aren't allowed the to talk cities about. well the the city the city's excuse is, is that they didn't have money to do a soil sample until they got the grant and to me that's I, i'm like how could you submit a proposal for this facility without having done a soil sample analysis to know if you could even build this, build the dang place. I mean, isn't a soil sample only a couple thousand dollars? Maybe I'm underestimating here. Well, but the city doesn't okay. have that. Well, let's be, let's the be real. They didn't say how much that it cost. And I, I'm not an expert in this area. I don't know what it would cost to do that. But I think, but I would just to me as a taxpayer in this city, I think to myself, why I'm like, there had better be a damn good excuse for this other than, well, we just didn't have the money for this. I'm like, you didn't want to spend money on making sure that you're, I, I'm going to be genuinely shocked if this thing even gets built. Cause uh, to me, 
I, I, I'm not a, again, I'm not a soils engineer. I'm not a person who works with grants or anything, but I would be very concerned if I were a city commissioner right now that the DOD might find out about this stuff and yank the grant. Very, uh, very likely. Um, like I, said, I would be surprised as well if it got built. It's sort of the, uh, the great falls way of, of holding a carrot yeah. in front of your face. This town is not going to suck any longer. We're getting a aquatic facility, but then somehow pulling it out from under you. Well, I mean, it, it's it's like we do. The city does need something like this, or just something like that to exist. It really does. Um, I also know that there's 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 also some very creative businesses that are getting that are getting built up and uh, getting ready to open in 2021. And the city desperately needs some innovation. It needs something to bring people together to this city. Rather, you know, other than healthcare or the base. If only there was something a few years ago that uh, would be a mass employer in the entire region. If only there was some project like that that was really interested in Great Falls. Weren't you talking? You talking about like the slaughterhouse? Yeah, that's the one. There were. I heard a lot of concern. I heard a lot of things on both sides there, and the people that were against it made some very compelling arguments, in my opinion, about low wages or something, or. It, it, wages were one the type of people the type of people that would be employed there but more importantly the tap or the the big thing that the slaughterhouse was going to need was was going to have to tap the our underground our underground water our underground what do they call it aquifer uh aquifer yeah and basically it was just going to dry it was going to dry the whole dang thing out over time uh, i did not hear the aquifer concerns but there is a river there it seems like they could could get water there if they need it and not only that, it's it's um, the the a slaughterhouse does not smell great. Well, let's, let's industry rarely so, does. Yeah. So it, to me, okay. Yes, we could argue that. It, yes, it would employ people, but it, a lot great, of people. Slaughterhouse fall. wages are between sixteen and twenty an hour for an entry level position, which is yeah. pretty good for Great Falls, I think. Yeah. It, it is, but I just, it feels to me like with the way that the, with the way that we have, we have in Great Falls, we have infrastructure in place to have higher level education for higher skilled workers. They're getting ready to build the, um, the medical college so that we can actually start training doctors here. Um, they're adding on to, or to, I, I don't know what MSU calls the, the old college of tech anymore. They call it some weird, strange name. I'm sorry. I don't care what they call it. It's always going to be MSU COT to me. Or the college um, behind Target. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one behind Target. Yeah. That's the one. Um, yeah. They're at, they are building in an expansion to the, to the campus right now. So way they, so for the, I believe it was the dental hygienist clinic. So I, I mean, we've got, we've got the, we've got a system in place to take, to take, to train people and, and if we had employment opportunities for them here in town, we could maybe keep them here in town or at the very least in the state. And that's and I don't see a lot of I don't see a lot of desire to do that outside of the medical field. And to me, that that's a long term concern for me, because the, then the city is going to wind up just basically drawing in people who are if you're not working in medical you don't come here or if you don't need the medi- if, if you don't need the medical services you don't come here that's my big concern well it is the only big hospital within 
couple hundred miles, at least tell Missoula. Yeah. So, I mean, the high line, yeah, they have little clinics. I mean, it's, it, it's big. It's a, uh, yeah. Benefit benefits is the regional medical or is the region. If I remember right, it's, it's called the regional medical center for central Montana. Well, since we're talking about right. healthcare, let's, uh, I guess segue into uh, a thing on everybody's mind. Uh, what was it? Two weeks, 14 days to flatten the curve. Uh, I think we're we now on 250 days to flatten the flat or to curb the spread or something like that. And uh, recent uh, advisories from Bullock are uh, every county, regardless of the count, uh, must uh, limit uh, 10 or something or 50 for a large facility, something like that. And then everybody has to wear mm-hmm. a mask. That's going great in most places. That's sarcasm there, Chris. So, but uh, <laughs> wow, thanks for spelling it out for me. Yeah. Since, well, yeah, I can't see your face, so please continue. <laughs> Biden seems to think we'll be able to do a hundred day mask order for the entire country. And good luck with that. You saw how well the uh, statewide and city ones went or are going. Well, okay, they're for the most part, they are okay. So, you this and this is sort of the thing. This I is was, my kid. Yeah, this is my concern with like, okay, so we have the mandates in place just about everywhere I go. I see people wearing the masks and I think to myself, okay, so now you're just going to say we're going to continue to do what we're doing for another hundred days. Okay, cool. I don't see, I I don't see how that's going to change anything that is going on right now. Well, do it on a national level. And I think states such as Montana and, you know, the very right leaning states might uh, rebel on that specific point. (laughs) So that I I think they should. Uh, I, I really, I've been, I have been a fan of the idea that that, especially when it comes to when it comes to cases and stuff like that, rules and restrictions, it, it does need to be a it does need to be a state and county level decision. Well, now Biden you, disagrees. So and well, and furthermore, yeah. our new upcoming governor, uh, Greg the Body Gianforte, says it's a matter of personal responsibility. <laughs> so. So he likely yeah, will not have know. a mandate or a mask order of any sort and would likely revoke the ones that are already in place is sort of the feeling I'm getting. Listen, he's only spoken a few times since elected. So, so, uh, yeah. so far it's going great. I don't know. It, for me and my day job, it wouldn't change anything. Um, if we're going to, we have, we have a different rule set that we have to follow. And I, I, I <sighs> it, it's hard to, it's hard for me for somebody who has some very strong opinions about this to say, I mean, is it doing it? Is it doing something? Maybe, but right now, whether I personally agree with it or not, it's having an effect on the mental state of just about everywhere, everyone around me, um, adults, children, everything like that. Uh, my own daughter is, is flat out told me that she's, She's basically at her wits end because she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to stay at school any longer than she has to, even though sometimes we have to, she has to stay at hands out there. And, um, she just, she just does not like it. And we're, we're holding as best as we can. And it just like, it it doesn't, I guess the point that I'm making is, is that it doesn't matter what I think there's going to be people who are going to be making these decisions and telling me what to do. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, and, and that's about it. I, that to me just leaves me f- feeling very helpless about this whole thing because it had, I mean, it's, I knew from the moment that, that, that these mandates started coming out, that they were going to be a, that they were going to be a political football. There was just no way. And now that it is, and now that we have a change, likely have a change in administration coming, um, 
it, there, there's just a lot of uncertainty that surrounds that, and that just adds to the stress of the whole situation. Uh, lots of stress. Uh, Montana does not have its uh, 2020 suicide and uh, homicide numbers out yet, but I uh, don't predict a good swing on that. No, no. Um, Nate, from from what I, I again, I don't have official stats in front of me here, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have. I, to I don't think they're out yet for 2020. I don't think we do it month to month. It's uh, released a, a year in the future of a yeah, report it's, on mental health in the state it, or it's, something. It, it, it's not just the fact that it's the, you got to remember too, that the mental health component has also come from the fact of job losses, people being in lockdown um, or the people who are like, for example, in my particular family, my wife has not worked for like over a year now. And like just before these whole mandates were coming around, she was starting to look for another job again. And then now all of a sudden that that's been taken away. And now we're going to be told we're going to be doing this whole masking thing. Um, it, it she she's very much of the opinion. Like, and I, I don't you know, she's not sure that she can really handle that. So that creates a whole series of helplessness. But I also look at some people who work in like service industry, restaurant industry, um, er, you know, areas where they have to, you know, where they do a lot of interaction with the public. And it, a lot of, a lot of those jobs are down there or they're seeing a lot of reduced hours and that, and you know, what, whether we call it socialism or not, um, people, you know, the fact that, well, that socialism would involve giving we people money. So, um, we're yeah. not doing that apparently. Well, and again, the big argument that I have is, is like the government is telling us we can't work for the good of the people. We can't work, but they're not providing a means by which for people to be able to at least pay the bills. We can agree on that, something here, Chris. Unbelievable. What's that? I said, are we going to agree <laughs> on something here? I mean, Canada gives people, yeah. uh, through their law, I, I don't know if it's discontinued. I'm not caught up on Canadian news because, uh, yeah, polite Canadians, it's a myth. Uh, episode 30 something, but <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, like, like I said, to me, it's always like I said, I, I've been I'm a thousand a month, typically very Canadian. much. I, I'm very much like the I'm very much like the government get GTFO out of my life. But if the government is going to tell me I can't work and potentially and potentially put the force of law on me to say I can't work, I say, fine, you're paying my bills then. I, I mean that's otherwise you're gonna wind, uh, otherwise you're gonna wind up with pretty much what we already have right now, which is people basically flipping the bird and seeing is you know it's not so much of a problem in this state, but in states like California, I, you can see rampant hypocrisy regarding the regarding these mandates and stuff like that. Are and you, that you're talking Gavin that Newsom's fundraiser. Just, <laughs> well, there's also did you see the uh, video of the woman who had the it was a restaurant called the Pineapple Grill. Uh, no, I did not. She was, she was, uh, basically she, she had a restaurant that was right across the street from a movie shoot. She was basically told that she can't have people any closer than, or she had like all of her tables, like seven feet away and literally right across the street. There was a movie. There was basically a big old movie shoot going up with food tables all right next to each other. Stat, you know, people mingling around right next to each other. And it was just, it, it was, it, it it was like there's no there was no better example for or for people to say hypocrisy. Well, Montana that, had the same thing happen. I mean, really, I, or not specifically with movie shoots. I, I understand what they're doing. It's California. 
Hollywood productions are a big money maker and an important part of their industry. Yeah. Tourism in Montana, yeah. it was the same thing to why Bullock didn't shut down the borders, why he put in this, you know, order that you couldn't enforce at a staters quarantine for two weeks. And nobody did that. Yeah. Nobody did that. <laughs> and no. So no. An order that wasn't checked, wasn't enforced, and uh, there was no penalties assigned for it either. So, I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> why bother? Like the thing. Yeah. So, we had to pander to the industry for this state. And sort of an argument I made on a previous cast is I would like the state not to ri- rely so heavily on tourism. I understand it's it's important. We got a great state and there's enough to share with a lot of people. But it mm-hmm. shouldn't be our core industry. If we if we had to shut down tourism for a year, which one might argue would have been the right response to this, then we're not struggling financially after that. But we are. We we couldn't do that. So we ended up in the situation where we're all wearing masks right now. I think that would have happened anyways, regardless, quite honestly. Right. I, I, as soon as I started seeing mandates going around across the United States, just from... And also just hearing what I was hearing from where, you know, from my particular day job, um, I just knew they were coming. It, it was a, it was an inevitability. Well, it's coming then out of staters who, uh, you know, I dislike until proven otherwise, generally give them the sideways. I'm sorry. Are you getting xenophobic? Are you saying build the wall? Keep uh, them out? Yeah, Jimmy. we need to build the wall on the northern border. That, that's who we need to keep out. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. But with the uh, if you look at what our outbreak areas were, it was areas that have a high immigrant. I'll, I'll say immigrant. They're all Americans, but in a high population that only spends half the year. Um, you had Lake County, which has Polson, which is a, a reservation, which is for for some reason sixty percent white. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow! For wow! Time. Wait a minute. Yeah, sixty percent. That's non-native. an interesting stat to point out. Well, they got the lake, they got Polson, it's all recreation over there. Most of the residents <laughs> yeah, in Polson, as I understand, don't live there during winter. Uh, they got the snowbirds and whatever. And then Bozeman yes, also had another yep. outbreak. Missoula, um, areas, uh, sh- except for that, uh, I guess Shelby had an incident in the old folks' home over there. But not counting that, which might just be an outlier, places like Great Falls and, of course, smaller towns, even Butte, didn't. That's not where the virus came from. It came from people coming in from out of state and bringing it. People coming to Montana to escape the virus brought it here. Escaped the virus or just came here as part of their normal as part of their normal travel routine or work or whatever there. Because I know that in the begin in the beginning of the year, one of the one of the there was a law enforcement conference that was traced as like an epicenter of God, what county was that? Yellow no. Yellowstone County, I want to say it was. Was it Hill County? It was there was a big fest up there um, in March. Yeah, it it, it, it was it, it was it, the reason why I point out is because it took that con- it was a law it was like a nationwide law enforcement conference that where they had law enforcement officers coming in from all over the United States, and it was it 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 came it took place. And then it and then it ended, and that's when um, the locked. I think that's I think that's when the travel restrictions started going into place. So it all happened like right before all of this. So we can blame right, the right police. All the restrictions went yep. down. Blaming the police. I love it, Chris. So, God, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, we do you. have an article about it. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, let's tie into the. You know, we are uh, forty minutes into this thing, and uh, 
Uh, we haven't even gotten to the first thing on the list. Yeah, uh, there's... Dude, yeah, dude, you've got me for two, three hours if you want me. Okay. I don't <laughs> That'll be a long Let's one. Uh, we, we try to keep it at least under an hour, so we'll uh, we'll zoom through these. There's a new sex trafficking right. or any trafficking hotline. Good. It's new. And there's a number for it. I don't know. Nobody's listening to this to get the number. It's all of our listeners yeah. in their car are getting out their you know pads to write it down. But that yeah. is where you Grab- can report. It's They're also- not grabbing their cell phones. They are definitely not grabbing their cell phones to write down this number or type in this number. But there is, and what they're exactly going to do with that and what function it serves. Obviously, if you're in immediate danger, I, I shouldn't need to tell you to call 911. That's why we invented 911, after all. Yeah. So, um, but this is a report uh, anonymously tips, and that is, uh, I think, important in the, uh, we'll have a future episode on this about uh, Native Lives Mattering. I know you can't even say that without being political. Let me, ah, mm-hmm. oh, geez, you can say native. I will say native lives matter. That needs to be a sticker too. Uh, of course. I mean, black lives as well. Um, I'm not sure how relevant that is in Montana as our, I think we have the least blacks as a, uh, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's was very small. Not a lot. Not a lot. It was very small in the new Orleans. We had a lot of, uh, um, in, you know, national refugees that came up here, or at least a lot of yeah. people I know. You can came call up. them refugees, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, they they, they lost. They literally town. got all their homes washed away, and that, yeah. So I don't know what the numbers increased, but I think they they definitely did. All right, so uh, state budget. Um, Tim Fox disagrees in the veracity of next year's budget, and I'm thinking our next year budget, due to the pandemic and some other things, is going to be an issue for next year. Coming yeah, up. the I think the bit I know a lot of people don't really don't really want to get into the minutiae of it. The big thing that that stood out for me when I was going through this article was that apparently we're dipping in to the tune of about seventy five million dollars on our rainy day fund, leaving about thirty five million, if I remember right, was was in there. Well, I, I think I, that's but yeah, I really want I really want to see what our budgets are going to start looking like for twenty two and twenty three. That that's going to be the real tell. Right. Well, Gianforte, uh, of course, uh, in the article mentioned that he's, uh, of course, says he's going to lower taxes. But um, in, you know, historically, Republicans may or may not do that. I know Trump kind of did um, a little bit for, I think, all of us. But um, I think he used the exception rather than the rule on that one. But hmm. um, with a... Uh, yeah, well, well, yeah, there's not much to say right now. We have to wait and see what happens with the Gianforte administration. Next year. But we're also getting money from big tobacco. We're finally getting our money out of the tobacco industry. Well, I, I think I think that part of that whole dipping into the rainy day fund was because this was coming. So you might see the headline that says that more than fifty million dollars, quote unquote, more than fifty million dollars arriving before next year, next year's end will help pad Montana's budget. And I thought that was basic- earmarked for um, health things and the advertisements yeah. and teen smoking prevention. But you got to remember, stuff. they can kind of fudge them. I mean, if they bring in $50 million right from this settlement, then they can shift $50 million from somewhere else to replace the funds or something like that. You know, it, it's, 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 it's accounting games is what that is. You know, you know, I was surprised that we're still getting money from tobacco. I thought this was handled in the nineties, but yeah. I'm yeah. Well, it, it stems from, the because like when there was that big lawsuit back in the nineties about it, it, it this this is like a settlement that forked from that settlement. There was like one master agreement that basically said the tobacco companies nationwide were targeting kids and stuff like that, and then and then each state Marlboro was Man the cartoon was targeting kids. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. How you know how funny is it to say that right now in this day and age when when literally you've got influencers on YouTube hawking, hawking all kinds of stupid crap at kids and, and like these companies would love to get away with what I see some of these some of these influencers on YouTube and such well, are are showing. Something I never understood man. is influencing and the. I guess people just need something to worship. I guess because they attract themselves you know, to actually, these figures. You know like, what? If you want to keep this under an hour, then we can, and then maybe we can revisit this on another episode. But yeah, I would love to talk to you, talk to you and the audience there about the influ- basically about the influencing industry and kind of my experience with it. All right, uh, real quick on numbers here. I guess ten million of this fifty million dollars that uh, has been withheld from us, which uh, under. And interest, we're getting interest from them too, is going to the general fund. A lot of it's going to uh, CHIP and uh, tobacco programs and such. So what was that yeah. state budget uh, rainy day fund? That, uh, what was the number on that again? I think it. W- I think they, they dipped in about 75 mil, if I remember right. So $10 million isn't, trying to look, isn't a small trying chunk to look of for that. The number it, right now. It's, no, it's not. It's And considering that Montana has to have a balanced budget, if I remember right. Well, I thought it's, all it's, states have to have a balanced budget. We're not the federal government. Yeah. We, we don't have our own presses. Yeah. Money printer go burr. <laughs> oh, that's what we did this year. Uh, you know, yeah, we did. Because what is it? One Like 24% of all dollars right now in circulation were printed in the last year. Whew. Well, that doesn't bode well for inflation. No, we'll no, it does not. Out. No, it does not. And, and, and I think I, this, this, Hey, I, I really would like. I'd say people really want to pay. Really should be paying attention to what's going to happen here in the next in the next year or so. Because, like I said, it, it is a fact that I think the the official number is twenty four percent of all American dollars in circulation right now were basically generated during the last year here, and it's usually it's usually anywhere between like three and seven percent is the usual number that jumped up to twenty four. So. Yeah. So it's a good time to buy Bitcoin is what you're saying? I I actually, I think it's too late to buy Bitcoin, honestly, to, to get, to get any kind of, any kind of like return value out of it here. It's the genie is out of the bottle and the, and the time bomb is ticking because you can't just as a general, just as a general fiscal policy, you can't keep printing like that at that's at some point in time, you know, there's going to be an inflationary inflationary bubble that's going to pop and everybody is going to get hurt by that that that's that's scary and if uh you don't when that happens i think uh instead of you know for the conversation we had earlier to bitcoin's now worth a little over 18 grand 18k we'll no longer have those discussions uh you know a dollar it would be a dollar's worth uh (laughs) it'd be the other way around yeah so or it'll be the venezuelan uh wheelbarrow to buy a loaf of bread whatever they're yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. Look at what happened in Venezuela. Oh, it's a different, um, just different topic. Just a, yeah, different topic. So to circle back, one last note: uh, the reason why the statewide hot, hot, hotline number is important is because at a national level, there were eleven thousand cases of missing persons reported. Uh, those, those hotlines have extremely long wait times, and so now this hotline is set up specifically to help Montanans to basically cut down on the call volume they're going to go into the national level and and then in theory because it's being reported to a low to a montana state agency those reports those reports can percolate a lot quicker and then we can all be woken up in the middle of the night far more frequently with those amber alerts on our phones as uh, annoying as they they have been at times 
Um, I should probably narrow it down a little bit. I've gotten some for, you know, Eastern Montana, which I'm very far away from. So, yeah, but well, it's all based aside, on, if I remember I, it's, it's based on your, and it's based on your NPX. If I remember right, your area code and exchange. Huh? Well, then I am not, well, maybe not. I'm getting Missoula ones as well. So yeah, that's on the small so chance that I could be of some help. Send it to me at 2 a.m. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not complaining about that. It's a uh, oh, yeah, inconvenience. Yeah, it, I, I just, I'm poking fun at it is all I'm doing. I'm not making a, I'm not making a, oh God, I'm, stop sending me these alerts. I'm just making fun of it because it's happened to me more than once. And, and I, you know me, I have a few extra cell phones around the house. So can you imagine all of those phones going off at two o'clock in the morning? Oh man, I, I can. Like, <laughs> And they should work on the vehicle descriptions. Uh, you get stuff like, uh, oh, it was a, a white SUV or crossover. It was like, well, that's – I mean, there's a lot of car guys out there. Is, uh, are they not getting these details? And it's like, oh, no, it was a Chevy Tahoe, definitely the Z71 with the limited slip rear end, and I think it had the big block. And So are, are they <laughs> yeah. excluding that info from us? or Because that would be more helpful yeah. for me. If they have it, I, I mean, having talked with people who deal with a lot of this stuff in law enforcement, when these incidents happen, uh, people, the people who wind up reporting them are always panicked. They're in crisis. And when you're in that, when you're in that heightened state of alert, your attention to detail really drops. And so you just know that something's happened. You know, a kid gets kidnapped or whatever, and you know, you know that that happened, right? You're like, oh my god, this kid got kidnapped. I gotta call this in. And then as soon as you're talking to the law enforcement officer, you're like, oh shit, did I write? What was that license plate? And then all of a sudden, now you're bashing yourself on the head. No, I gotta remember this license plate, otherwise, otherwise this kid may not be found. That sort of thing. So it, it's, you know, law enforcement a lot of times just has to go with what they're what they're given. And if we don't get a whole lot of details, I don't think anybody's deliberately holding back. I think it's a lot of times people who are, who are coming across these scenarios or these situations for the, you know, this type of crisis level in their mind, in mental crisis level for one of the first times in their lives. And they, and it's one of those things where if you haven't experienced that, you don't know how to remember the important things like set a lot of that aside, note details like vehicle description, plate number, et cetera. Well, Speaking of law enforcement, uh, we'll talk about defunding the police and uh, what that actually means. And I know we covered this, uh, I think, in detail in a previous cast on that subject. But Missoula now has a uh, a crisis group. It's a, uh, I think they're uniformed or ununiformed. They're, they're not armed. They, so, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this article. I I do not believe that they are actually uniformed or sworn officers. And a lot of people would, and they are, they are as they. See here, they're marked. Let me see here. This this is this quote is about it right here. It says Monday marked the inaugural day for the Missoula Cares program, and the mobile support team units will be put to the test, helping stabilize people going through a behavioral health crisis. And after reading this article, I'm actually very, I I'm very in support of this kind of a team because I, I I'm not going to say how far my my connections to law enforcement go, but having talked with having talked with them. Many times they'll, they'll flat out admit, like, look, when we come across people who are who are having a behavioral crisis, with you know, when they see a uniformed officer, everybody goes on defensive, right? So if they so if they come across so whether the officer has literally done anything at all or not, you see an officer approaching, the hair the hackles go up, and if somebody is already having a re, essentially having one of the worst days of their lives, a cop showing up 
is could could in reality put a lot of these people over the edge. So the idea, and that's not, and that, and again, that's just for the cops showing up. Um, so what the idea behind this program is, is that, is, is that, uh, these, these, uh, behavioral health specialists, um, they will not actually be the first responders to the scene. And that's always been my big bugaboo. Uh, when we're talking about big cities, talking about defunding their, their law enforcement, ta- they're talking about having programs like this be the first responder. And I think that's, and I think that's a mistake. I, I think that's a rest. That's just, that's just a time bomb waiting to go off. Um, well, the idea is that law enforcement will law enforcement will dispatch to the scene first, ensure, verify, and first of all, verify the situation, and make sure that the scene is secure. And then they call in. Then they call in these guys, and they do their job and they resolve the crisis without having to have an officer try to mediate and resolve resolve the situation. Well, there are places that are doing it uh, already where they, they are the first responders in, in some situations. Um, if there's any right. question of safety or any need uh, for a, a use of force, uh, then, of course, the uniformed officer who's able to administer that force, uh, uh, God forbid, is uh, yeah. first on the scene for that. But doing it this way is sort of the same way we do with um, EMTs and uh, and the first responders. So, or yeah. first responders, police officers. Absolutely. But we we covered this sort of in depth uh, in a past one. How defunding the police is not uh, abolishing your police departments, although some places have done that, which is yeah, bold move, bold bold move. Yeah, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how that works for him. But you know, but yeah, you're I, right. I mean, the I, police I really, are. A I really Swiss think Army that for... in in 2020, it's important. This kind of stuff is important. Um, they're having, if nothing else, it's another tool in the toolbox of law enforcement of of public safety agencies to diffuse the situation uh, diffuse situations that come up and i i don't see any reason why why a program like this shouldn't exist as it should be i mean do you need the full uniformed officer at, at you know the majority of situations completely not needed you have any sort of civil complaint uh, my neighbor's music is too loud i mean that doesn't need a guy with a gun most of the time so we use the police as a no. swiss army knife for Every malady, you know, social, economic, anything in our society, any ailment falls on the police historically, which is a, uh, yeah. uh you and can't possibly train for every single one of those events. No, it, you know, I'm glad you said that because that is exactly correct. There have been, there have been, a, or as pro as cities defund public, you know, uh, assistance programs to people you know, where, where they might be able to pay for, for essentially for people to help others who are in crisis and stuff like that. They, they're the, when those people have a crisis, well, it's just now the responsibility of the law enforcement officer. And let's be real. The law enforcement officer, generally speaking, isn't going out. It isn't going out there with the idea of making this situation worse. But as I stated before, you have an officer, you have a uniformed officer with a badge and a gun out there. Just the fact that they are there, could be enough to just put somebody over the edge. Absolutely. So, you know, having this resource is important. I would like to see more diversification in the uh, in these sorts of things. I mean, they're not making their own police force, but a sort of a, a social workforce, I guess we could call it that. And I think using them in this capacity is a, a good idea. And I might uh, disagree with you a bit. Uh, I would say maybe uh, in a lot of situations, they could be the first responder. I mean... Um, 
I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but um, in situations mm-hmm. where there's you know no threat of violence or you know somebody losing their mind over something, basically, well, and the they're problem, not a threat to the themselves. The problem is, is that there is in a lot of the in a lot of these crisis scenarios there it there typically is a possibility of violence. So I like the pro, I like the idea of just that the officer just is is away is there. Is, is there on scene, but is not the one trying to deal with the person having the emotional issue right now or whatever going on. They are there if, if they're there to secure the perimeter. They're there. If, they're there if the if the person escalates. Let's say that you know we have a, we have a, one of these one of these crisis one of these crisis counselors dealing with a dealing with an individual who is who is suicidal, and all of a sudden you know they're just they they just start getting physically violent. I mean that you you need a you need at that point in time. That's when I would definitely want to have a, a law enforcement officer there to result to help contain help restrain that person. Um, but at least give at least but at least that person what had a had their first interaction with or in that crisis would have potentially been with a crisis counselor who had the who had the opportunity and chance to try and deescalate that situation. I mean, as I understand, these crisis counselors do not work solo either. There is a there's a team. There's so yeah. there's there's already a force. So we're and Missoula did this at the same time. This is not part of the. Um, it came out of a different uh, funding block, I, I believe. I have to look in the exact details of which one that is, but it's not out of the police general funding. And uh, we mm-hmm. did this at the same time that we increased general police funding. We're getting several new officers mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah, and that. I just, like I, I come from a different I come from a different perspective on a lot of the stuff than I know that you and and, and uh, Bryce and several others do. Um, but generally speaking, uh, I don't I don't see a problem with that. And that's the big thing is is that when it comes to police funding and actually getting officers on board, it takes so long to get an officer trained that if you don't have the if you don't have the if you don't have the funding to keep officers coming in at this at the rate that they're retiring or getting or moving to other agencies or something like that you're going to wind up with a scenario where you have office where you're going to have inexperienced officers uh being put in these scenarios and it's not going to it's not going to end pretty uh the new police force but um wages we've discussed that previously as well I think Missoula for uh first year officers close to 60 and Great Falls is above 50 and that was a point Oof. uh yeah, fifty grand to be a, uh, and that's just your first year. You get some perks on the second year, and then you get. Uh, they don't call it seniority uh, or or not seniority. Yeah, tenure, something after. Yeah, three that years. first year, that first year, you're you're FTO. You're 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 running with your field training officer, so you're not you're not handling that. You're not doing it. In t- you're not doing it on your own. But that's a uh, yeah a, a a decent wage, and this is less of a problem in you know in our areas because sixty grand and, and fifty respectively, right around there is not terribly far off from the average wage in the area. So the the people that are in that community, the officers are in that community, are the ones policing that community, and it makes sense. Yes. But you get to uh, yep. impoverished areas. We'll. Um, Reservations are an example. Areas. Metropolitan and very uh, depressed areas, like your uh, very rundown Detroit and other areas, where the police are making that wage, and everyone else is jobless. It's no longer your uh, people of, of your community um, taking care of your community. So maybe a subject yeah. for a, a different cast. Well, if we need another brown cast. We do. Um, <laughs> I've got a number of uh, my brown talking points going on. So 
Oh man. But God, there is, there is. I, I uh, wish you, I wish you didn't keep these things under an hour, man. I could keep going with you like this for a long time, but there's, there's a lot to discuss. For example, the reservations have taken, uh, you know, statistically the majority of the, uh, the COVID cases. Um, I guess, uh, you know, well, long period of the federal government literally trying to kill you and then sort of trying to kill you in roundabout ways, uh, wears you down over a couple hundred years. So <laughs> no, it, it's true. And, and, you know, trauma, it, we, we have found that trauma can be expressed in genes. And so if, uh, your I believe grandparents had to walk the trail of tears and watch their children and grandparents die in front of them, freezing to death with no food, that that manifests in the next generation in health and sometimes social or uh, mental problems. So not mm-hmm. to say that they're uh, most of them incredibly resilient, but not to say that that's uh, consistent for everybody, but they have found that uh, genetic trauma is a thing. That's uh, some recent genealogical things we discovered. So um, with that, and as well as the uh, general condition on a lot of the reservations in the state have led, I know, uh, I think most of the cases in, in Cascade actually came from uh, Browning at one point, if I'm not mistaken. So um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the breakdown of the numbers because there there is no breakdown of the numbers. But I uh, knew of at least about 10 and possibly more natives from Browning that were uh, actually hospitalized over at uh, in Great Falls. And they only got benefits over there for inpatient COVID, I think, right? That other place doesn't. Yeah, do it. Uh, I don't believe that the clinic hospital. I I don't honestly know if the clinic hospital has taken any, but I know that Benefice is basically the default for a lot of the for the the majority, if not all, of the COVID cases that are coming in. Well, I just thought they were the default for everything healthcare over there, but that's uh, it. Pretty much, it pretty much is. I mean, I have a gripe um, about that other place, have, but. What's that? I said I have a gripe about that other place, but that's a that's <laughs> a personal one, not uh, not anything relevant. But okay, not to say I'm a fan of any hospital. Yeah. I'd hope to never be in one, but that's yeah. Anyway, let's, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Oh, As yeah. I understand it, the clinic is is a lot more just people who are they're they're not uh, now. I know that they can take emergent cases, and I know that they have. I do believe that they actually have an emergency department. But um, I, I mean, let's let's be real. Benefice is the or the Benefice Hospital here is pretty much the one that's that that's pr- that a lot of these cases are coming to there just because they are they're already set up for it. They already have an entire ward for it, um, and they do have the capacity to add more if they need to. So, all right. Well, let's see what other topics we got here, and we're we're over an hour. Um, why don't we? Um, uh, I think we covered all the um time pertinent news i guess uh do we have something about bears usually something about bears there's tent city something about great falls hitting the big time is that important uh i don't know that that one was i you know i never even really read that whole that whole thing there but this tent city one kind of interests me just because it still has it still has the potential to talk about the covid thing because what i do believe that the that that the co- that the COVID stuff is really just kind of spreading among the low income primarily, just because they don't have access to a lot of resources and stuff like that to stay healthy and stay clean, stuff like that. I do actually, I do know that that that's been it. That has been an issue. Um, 
Well, so I, I don't I'm know cu- about that breakdown. If COVID made any sense, yeah. you, you you would be right. If if COVID followed any trend that we we knew, we would see the the homeless, the the impoverished, being the majority of the people that had it. Followed by the people that have to be exposed every day. Those essentials, those grocery store workers that see hundreds, if not thousands, of people a day. We would see the outbreaks, you know, spreading like wildfire within those essential industries. But that has not happened, and we're not sure why. I've seen several articles on the subject that about how uh, we're not sure why the homeless are not, you know, disproportionately disadvantaged in it's, this area. It's entirely it's entirely possible. It, the other thing to consider too is is that you know, yes, there are there have been deaths and people are still going to die of this disease. It's if you get symptoms and if you get symptoms, they suck and they and they will they'll do a number on you, but it's been shown that a, that many that the that the overwhelming majority of people who get exposed to it basically don't develop symptoms. And, and right, and again, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to. Uh, this is not me saying that you know the virus isn't real. It definitely is real. It it will. It has, and it will continue to kill people for basically from now on. It's in the wild. It's out there. It's it's something that we're going to have to live with. You know, in perpetuity, just like the flu virus. Oh, there's a vaccine coming um, out. You, you, well, we're getting it next oh, week. It's coming next week. Oh man, that 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 vaccine. Hold on. Okay, I was just hearing that. Uh, let's see, uh, Australia. Capex is reported. Missoula hospitals could get it as soon as next week. So that's uh, that's yeah. coming up, but very quickly. Um, on that same subject, anyone who makes any conversation on the COVID topic, who, who this is. Sort of the point I was getting at earlier, where if you maybe question how effective a mask order is without specifying the veracity of the mask or the type of mask, if you make a suggestion that maybe, uh, you know, that should have been done or wearing a piece of cloth over your face isn't, you know, not the most effective use of our resources or or our trouble here, that uh, you get tossed into, I think, a uh, very red category where people stop listening to that point. So if you use any sort of thinking or logic on this you uh you're automatically one of those people but and also everything i hear anybody who ever says anything about max or anything or questioning numbers or talking about numbers that same phrase comes out of their mouth oh the virus is real it's a real thing and people are dying every single time i hear that (laughs) over and over again and you're right hold on hold on hold on say that again i want to play back what i just said and i want to see if you got me quoted correctly here or if i just or if i or if i stuck to the red playbook here hold on hold on Oh, you have a playback I'm just option? <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I'm just, I know you have a I'm controller just play, there. I, I just, just didn't think you had it set up here. But <laughs> No, no, you guys have told me to turn the soundboard. Keep the soundboard off. Oh, like, Chris, me. don't you dare play with that soundboard. You do that, we're going to, we're going to do bad things to you, is what you guys told me. Yes, and for we're a serious <laughs> podcast here. But serious, all serious here. So all serious pod. we'll and get it, back to the vaccine. I, I would, but we were talking about homeless and how they are apparently, yeah. or so I've read, not um, as affected as we thought they would be. Nor the impoverished, which is good. I, I, I ultimately, I don't want, I don't want any one particular category of people to really be affected by this at all. I'm, I'm glad. I'm really glad because that that was a big concern earlier the earlier in the year here is is that we were going to want is, is that is is that a lot of communities are going to wind up with people who are 
who are not who are low income, not and generally not in very good health, we're just going to be absolutely overwhelming the hospital systems. And, and I think I think that 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 perspective has been lost in a lot of the in a lot of this discussion is is that the is that the the 15 days to fl- to slow the spread was just meant to prevent uh, the the hospital systems from getting overwhelmed. And I think the other part of that component is is that a lot of people just never really realized how full hospitals typically run anyways. Well, um, it's like a ICU- money-making venture. Of course they're going to run it, you know, 80, 90%. Well, uh, extra space well, I, is I'm lost even, money. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about, like, one of the numbers that people look at is ICU capacity. ICU capacities are typically pretty high. I, I, I Just in general, they are. It's but what what they were afraid of is that they were that like let's say that you had a let's say you had a, a forty bed ICU facility and typically you run typically you're running thirty four thirty five of those beds full right I, I'm not quoting any specific I'm not quoting any specifics here I'm just I'm just putting up an example for the sake of the example here. all right because this makes so, no sense to me real quick. I right. hear conflicting stories about these same facilities. Like you'll hear, I'm just going to use uh, KRMC, who renamed themselves. They're now something different. Oh, um, oh did they uh, really? He, um, yeah, there's uh, well, there's KRMC, and there's it's KRMC followed by whatever specialty, like home options or you know remedial gotcha. health or yeah. or whatever it is. So now they, I don't know. Oh, it didn't seem important to include, so I didn't include the article. But I have heard that they are one laying off nurses and doctors. Because there's no work for them, <laughs> and two that they are at capacity, and I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. And then, and these articles are coming from the same outlet, so it's not like I'm reading like mm-hmm. Red State News mm-hmm. or anything, or uh, listening to Joe Rogan and uh, that. Uh, oh, Alex Jones. <laughs> I'm getting news oh, from real sources that are reporting seemingly conflicting oh advice. God. Did you listen to that one yet? Yeah. Oh, it was a oh, wild ride, man. The, dude. Okay, let's not get into an Alex Jones tangent because I, you and I could just go back and forth for an hour just talking about Alex Jones. It'd I had be, to install Spotify to listen to this, and I did, and then uninstalled it afterwards. <laughs> um, my, I, I've been harassed by multiple people saying, I, I, I need to listen to this. They fact-checked him in real time um, and, and all that. Yeah, they did. They, they did. They did. The first two hours are, are pretty good and entertaining, and then, then Alex Jones gets a bit too drunk. In my opinion, yeah, so you can has, stop about then, halfway and then through. He's been on, yeah, okay. I'm not go on to continue your story before I completely derail us. So you're right about the the capacity. I mean, it is a um, like it or not, a for profit business. I know they uh, you, mm-hmm. so they're not going to run it with an you know overly excess of capacity. You're going to run it for the needs of the area. But using your example of uh, but. I understand you just pulled out of the air 40 beds or, or whatever because that's what yeah. the area generally needs. So they're not going to run a, a surplus of capacity. So there's not a whole lot of wiggle room in the case of a pandemic such as uh, today. Yeah, and and that's and so when people when people look at the numbers that are published for these hospitals and stuff like that and are just wondering why the bars are going right versus left, just you know they're going more right than they're going left it, you have to you have to take it with a grain of salt knowing that that the majority of these uh, the majority of these cases in the at least in the ICU stuff is they're not covid related they, these are people who have who need intensive care for other reasons and with the big scare the big scare that everybody and uh just having talked with people who work in medical um 
their big scare has always been, and even today, it's still a scare because there's a lot of concerns about the COVID vaccine. Um, that that let's say that we have that same thirty, we have that same thirty thirty five capacity or 30 30 35 occupancy right now at a 40 beds what if all of a sudden we had a bad day where we had 30 people who who all of a sudden need icu care and now all of a sudden we don't have the bed so now so that that's what we so that's that's what the medical facilities have been trying to avoid and in the beginning of the year it was very much just trying to see exactly what was going to happen and for the for the majority of Montana, we didn't get hit like the rest of the country did because nobody really comes up to Montana in the winter except for those people who are like gonna are gonna ski or something like that. So we didn't. So there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for the virus to get up here. But once the travel, but once the tourism season kicked in, and let's and let's face it, with a lot of like fairs shut down. Uh, a lot of events shut down nationwide. There really wasn't a whole lot of uh, things for other for people to do, other than travel and go sightsee. And that's really where that's that's when Montana started getting hit, like the rest of the country did. And so now we're now the concern. It, now again, I'm regardless of my personal opinion regarding masks. I think at this point in time, if for no other reason than to try and prevent a populace that is already on edge about a lot of this stuff to, you know, deliberately aggravate them. I say, I personally say, follow your mask mandates as they're laid out, because at this point in time, we're, we're trying, we're, we're already a populace. I feel that is on that's, that's already being beaten down, weighed down by everything that's happened in current year on top of all, on top of, you know what? You know what's going to happen if I get exposed to COVID? Am I going to be feeling it? That sort of thing. I just say let's just just do it if for no other reason than it just takes one other variable off the table that that potentially gets people aggravated and makes and makes us and makes an explosive situation happen that might not have otherwise occurred. Oh, we got the powder keg going on for sure. Um, I I think the masks are. I will discuss their actual efficacy and whether or not the, uh, specifically whether or not a piece of cloth does anything for anyone. I think it does probably very little. Something I understand uh, a lot of people will say, oh, the virus is so many nanometers or whatever, and, and the mass has pores of this size, but as I understand, it attaches to water droplets, and that's what you're preventing from getting out. So just logically, mm-hmm. I can see how that would work, but also I can see, I, I, I don't think it is the end-all solution. It might be part of the solution no but um you know the figures show that in areas with masks such as you know everywhere and i guess all of california as well that there is still an issue with transmission in areas where there were lockdowns the numbers went down but wasn't exponential and it wasn't a one-to-one correlation i should say so it's not Mm -hmm. you do one thing you wear masks you limit your group sizes you don't go to church and everything and the numbers stop because that's not how it works so discussing it's it's dumb, it's simple, it's just easy to put on a mask, uh, unfortunately. That's where we live. Whether or not you think it's effective, it's literally the least you can do. Well, it, maybe it might help to make this point, too, is, is that it, when er, back in, like, November, um, people were – it wasn't you – know, masks were not mandatory, but you, people were encouraged to wear masks when you went to the stores and stuff like that. And I remember going to Target – 
and I saw, and not a lot of people were wearing masks. I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I, I've got my own opinions about it. And, but I saw the, but I, I saw a family walking on by through the tar, through target. And this just sticks with me because I, I remember looking at them and I remember they were looking around us. Just, it looked like they were just waiting for somebody to like attack them or something like that. And, and to me, I was just like, who cares? You're, you're making a choice. You've been presented with an option. You've made, you made the decision for yourself based on your own, based on your own assessment of what's going on currently. And that was the decision made. And to me, that's, and, and and to me that that's that's the way to have it is is that is is this really is this really the fight it, is this really the fight that we should be having is specifically the mask mandate versus some of the other things that may be coming down the pipe i to me i i don't i don't think i don't think that it is and in fact i i always kind of wonder personally like why we didn't like we didn't have a culture of masking during the flu season and stuff like that right well we're it, not asian yeah. <laughs> hey now hey hey now it's a cultural hey thing now. and probably with uh good reason <laughs> so well i i meant i meant specifically like during during like the flu season right i i mean it maybe it wasn't mandatory but it, it was at least you know we at least have a culture about it and i think that's going to be one of the cultural shifts going forward after ma- whenever it is that mandates get lifted that we're probably going to see a, we're going to probably see that change and honestly i think that's fine i think it's I, after I the vaccine is when we can start seeing and a lot of people who uh oh you're you're uh, sighing you're sighing about the vaccine it, I, it, I i am i am because you're in the essential group you're going to be the first to get it I, I <laughs> i'm not my boss essential i didn't want to take it oh. i told my boss i didn't want to take it yet. is that an option I didn't think it was an option. I, uh, they pull or where I where I work, they pulled us, and I was one of the people that said I, I decline it. I I would prefer not to receive it at this time, is the way I put it. That that is a way to put it, and but a lot of people are really jumping. I think part of it is hoping that this is the end of the current purgatory that we're in. Is that the uh, the vaccine will will solve all and i guess on the list uh you have your vulnerable populations are going to be first and then the as well grouped in that in montana at least the essentials the uh medical workers and the uh probably the you know service folks that are have been out mm-hmm. on this this entire time so a big thanks to them for uh <laughs> serving us yeah uh, it's all the tp we need yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean the uh the, here, here's I, I'm not. I don't know. Or th- this is just what happened in Australia, and this. This I'm going to flat out say. Uh, really what I'm reading here is just what I'm reading. It is an article in ScienceMag.org. Uh, it was published. Uh, let's see here, December 11th, 10, 12, 10, 20 a.m. So today. So here's the headline of it. It says development of unique Australian COVID-19 vaccine halted. Uh, the backers of Australia's homegrown COVID-19 vaccine candidates. T- today announced a halt to its further development after some of the first people to receive the vaccine in a safely in a safety trial generated antibodies to an unintended target the AIDS virus a small fragment of an HIV protein is a component of the vaccine used to add stability to the in- intended antibody target the spike protein of the pandemic coronavirus oh, so they gave someone AIDS is, is that what I'm hearing or HIV say that again so they gave someone AIDS yes. uh, exp- oh well that's yes Huh. Yes. Now this is again, this is not the Pfizer, Moderna, or the other one right now. Uh this is this is as the headline said, co or Australia's 
homegrown COVID-19 vaccine candidate. So it, it's stories like this that like make me concerned right now because well, what, the Monera what, and the oh, Pfizer ones are a completely different development. Yeah. First of all, yeah, they are. And they're, they're different. I think this one is called an mRNA, mRNA vaccine. If I remember, right. there's a lot of fear about this, uh, the COVID vaccine about, um, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're putting something in it. Well, that's one. And, and the more reasonable fear, uh, I think is that they haven't had the time to develop it. However, looking back at at least the flu trends, we've been able to make a somewhat successful, the uh, success varies per year. I think, uh, on the numbers, a flu vaccine yeah. for a ever changing flu virus, a completely new one and this is in the flu family so uh on the american healthcare industry being able to develop a vaccine for a flu-like virus within a year is in completely within the realm of possibilities so maybe lay that i I think it i i think it is but but i think that's an apples to oranges comparison because the flu shot and i and i think it needs to be distinguished as that is that it's the flu shot it's not a it's not an actual vaccine it's just meant to it's just meant it's meant to help you develop a, a resistance to what is expected to be the flu strain for that year. The COVID it's the, a very the thing, educated though, guess at best. The, the flu so. shot's been around for a while. The basic formula has been around for a while. It's been it, it's been worked on over the years. We're talking about an expedited vaccine that we're we're basically pe- we're basically the people taking it right now under emergency use authorization are what's called the phase three trial. Where now I've I've made the personal assessment that you know having looked at all the risk factors for it, and considering my own personal health, I I put on my I put on my little survey that I did not want to receive it at this time because I I based on what I'm seeing I am not a potential or I'm not a high risk candidate or I'm not a high risk uh, individual for contracting COVID I could still do it. But, you know, I, I could always beat the odds, yo, and then buy a lottery ticket or, you know, buy the Montana Millionaire lottery ticket. Um, but I want to uh, – it, it's not that I want to – it's not that I'm expecting there to be issues with it for the most part. I am, I am certain that there are going to be some unintended reactions. I want to I – want, as somebody who is who is not in an immediate need for this vaccine – I want to see what happens with the people who are in immediate need and are willing to take the vaccine. I want to see what happens. I want to see generally speaking, what happens with those, with those people before making, before basically deciding whether or not I want to get it in another, in a subsequent round. Well, that's a uh, very, uh, I guess, conservative approach to that. So, you know, but if you're told, told to get the vaccine, um, barring unfortunate circumstances, then I'll have to do it. Uh, if, my, same, if my employer spot. requires that I get it, I'll have to get it. And what if Montana tells you to get it, or the federal government? You, 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 that I don't. I think this is what scares me about that. Right? Is that we already have case law in, that has gone through the federal courts where basically people can turn down vaccines and stuff like that if they have you know with. I think one of the I think one of the exceptions is genuinely held religious beliefs and stuff like that. I don't believe I I believe the idea of mandating basically because this is my perspective on it. If the government tells you to do it, that you are required to do it, the government is doing it at the barrel of a gun because that's that is the power that they have to enforce their rules and laws. They can put you they can cite you. They can arrest you. They can jail you. And if and if 
you may wind up dead resisting that resisting the government. That's just the way it is. And I feel like a government that is saying our entire population must do this. What kind of precedent does that set for other things? That's my concern. Well, I'm with you there. Um, well, there's one. Uh, that's a point I have made numerous times that every single meniscal, dumb, jaywalking, maybe even stupid, maybe even wrong law on the books is enforceable by death. Every single one, um, including this one if we uh, mandate a vaccine. But I, I think the more likely route is they will make your life nearly impossible if you choose not to get it, such as you can't send your kids to school, you can't go to a public gathering, maybe even it goes as far as, uh, well, you don't need to travel if you don't have a vaccine, you don't need a driver's license. So that, I, I project that will be likely so then, the route why, they take. I would say then why, I would say that any, that whatever, whatever political group makes that a rule, don't be, don't be surprised when it's applied to other areas. That's a pan to me. That is a, I, I really don't want to get into that, into that, because that argument, because that's a, what about is argument in my opinion, not because, about what about that's what we do right now with the vaccines that we have for, you know, polio, smallpox and et cetera. If you yeah, don't, but have, I don't them, have to have a polio have. vaccine to travel between straight lines, between state lines. Not yet, but you, your kid has to have it to go to school and there's no way okay. around that. Yeah, you're, you are correct. So then where does that stop? Where does it stop? Well, so far it stopped there, thankfully. Well, we're the country of freedom, you know. So that it's to me that that's the ultimate question is is what are we going to say you can't do if you don't have this vaccine? And right now I think we're so hyperpolarized right now and I and I feel that, that hyperpolarization has spawned a movement that says basically cuz like what are they do they're doing like in China right now where you have to have an app on your phone your, your government, basically your government issued cell phone, your government mandated cell phone that you have to have. And in order for you to board a train or do anything at all, you have to present your QR code or whatever that shows that, that, that you had, that you've had this, that you've had this vaccine or something similar there. And I'm like, do we, is that to me, if they can do it for that, then I would say, don't be surprised when, when eventually over time, Another political ideology comes into power and applies that same logic and that same logic to something else. Well, that's the same thing I, I, I said I, during the Obama years, where when he was met with an opposition from the uh, Republican Senate and House and seemingly not able to get anything done, he uh, almost directly said, well, you know, I have a pen and pad. And then he really started an executive order stream. And the precedent that was set, and that was right. challenged and uh, proving that he does have that authority in that regard, um, eventually got into the hands of Donald Trump. So great while you're in power, maybe uh, not so. Uh, think about four years into the future, at least. Of Correct. Whom is in charge? Uh, who holds the reins? Yeah, it, it's... It, like I, I, I don't want to dis I don't want to dissuade people who feel like who have genuine heartfelt con who are genuine concern that that you know again like for example that your kids need to have a COVID vaccine because you don't because you don't want them to get sick or anything like that and I I, I feel like that sort of thing needs to be put up for a debate needs to you know needs to go through needs to go through process and it's going to get challenged. It's going to get put through the courts. We're going to, it, that is, but I think that is the process that needs to happen. Um, I think I really feel like just mandating it from an executive branch only is, 
the wrong decision, even if the even if the judgment is right, because the ends to me never justify the means. Well, I might agree if you uh, somewhat on that, but you know, I kind of see Biden as a loose cannon on on. on a number of things more more loose than than Trump. He's a uh, he's a wild card, and things that he says and things that he oh, may or may not. D- don't do. you know? It's don't you know? He he's got the best advisor in the world, Corn Pop. Oh jeez, gonna be his chief of staff. <laughs> that was a hilarious video. Somebody showed it to me <laughs> just a week ago. How did I not hear about that? <laughs> and if I say get off the board, you get off the board. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I I mean they used to drag their the knives pro- along the <laughs> to get them all rusty yeah. along the street yeah. along the curb. Oh, what a different time! It, it's for those that don't know, look up Corn Pop YouTube. It's 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 hilarious. It, it, it's Biden yeah, Corn Pop speaking Biden YouTube. very off the cuff and just being hilarious on this subject. And make your own. <laughs> It'll fall into whatever yeah. worldview you already have. I guarantee it. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. And and like I said, the right, I, I, I've, there's two different camps here. There's to me, there's the side that says, well, you don't have a right to get, you know, I, I have a right to not be exposed to whatever you got there. And then there's the other side that says, well, you can't make me do it. Both sides are wrong. Both sides are wrong. You have no, you know, for example, you have no right to not be exposed, you know to not be exposed to the person who didn't wash their hands when they left the bathroom or whatever. That's just a fact of life. And as you so adroitly pointed out, and and I feel it's a very good point to be made is, is that, you know, for example, in order for your kids to go to public school, there is a series of vaccinations. They have to be up to date on. You are absolutely correct. So, and, and that is obviously worked through the process. Um, And that process resulted in the idea that, People, it resulted in exemptions like people who have genuinely held religious beliefs, whether you whether you feel that they're valid or not, is not the point. Is that they've signed a piece of paper that says they genuinely genuinely feel that way. Now we let that go because the vast majority of the of the people or the kids who have attended those colleges come from families who have made the decision to have those vaccinations given to their children. So it winds it, it you wind up with a level of herd immunity that essentially lets that uh, that lets both sides be happy, you know. Well, you'd and think just but, just well. mock each other from afar. Uh, real quick, the mind is a beautiful thing. I mean, you talk about washing your hands when you're in the bathroom, and I don't know if you ever caught yourself uh, forgetting, but think of all many times you've forgotten your car keys in the house, uh, not taking your cell phone with you. Small stuff that gets filtered out by your brain that you completely forget about. How many times have you not washed your hands after a number two? You don't know. Anyway. You uh, don't want me to answer that question. Oh, you have numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I, have the, I have the hugest of numbers. They're the most beautiful numbers. Anyway, well, let's, I guess, end on a gross topic. We're about an hour and a half into this. It is <laughs> always a great time with you, Chris. This is why we brought you yeah, back thank- by popular demand. Hey, as... as- I'll come back anytime you guys want me to come on back. I'm absolutely happy to come back anytime. Well, but uh, since uh, since you forgot to completely do this last last episode, I remember pointing this out to you at the end. I said you guys did not let me plug anything at all, and I I tried to sneak it in there a couple of times. I it will give you the uh, the platform right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> so again, uh, you can find me on YouTube, YouTube, uh, youtube.com. I think it's slash C slash full mana gaming is on there on Twitch. I'm at twitch.tv slash mana online. I'll have our, uh, probably by the time this goes up, I'll have a new, new, uh, schedule or new, uh, schedule for streams and stuff like that. So you can interact with me there. Um, I'm also on Twitter at mana online underscore. All right. Well, that concludes uh, what I think is number 45. Um, coming up next week, me and Bryce will be back on the platform. Uh, we are going to be together on the road, but in the same spot. What a time to be alive oh, that'll no. be. Yeah, we uh, even secured oh, no. a, <laughs> We secured somebody's garage <laughs> that has several pieces of foam already on the wall. <laughs> is it heated or are you going to be bringing it are you going to be bringing in a fireplace for it? oh my goodness i am freezing right now my garage has a fireplace <laughs> and uh a, a fireplace takes about eight hours to warm up the place and it's uh right by this mercedes in the corner so it's good at warming up the mercedes <laughs> but that's about it <laughs> and uh all right well thanks i asked you well, about a couple hours ago. i appreciate coming back Oh. Thank, like I said, I'll come back anytime you guys want me to. Uh, pleasure as always. And uh, the business here, um, you, you know where to find us. We're, uh, we got our main webpage. If you just Google Montana Voices Podcast, our first link is our webpage, followed by our Facebook and then our YouTube. So you know where to find us. Uh, thanks for tuning in.